here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good morning. My name is Angelina Carlson. I'm the founder of Legacy Planning, a boutique coaching and advisory firm that helps you define, develop, and execute your personal legacy. This morning, I have the pleasure to chat with Maria Musto. She is a family business advisor with over 20 years of experience, passionate for supporting families and family businesses in preserving and transferring wealth across generations harmoniously. Maria studied law in Argentina and holds a specialization in general management and strategy from the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland. She is a member of STEP, Society of Trust and Estate Practitioners, who gained professional knowledge working for international companies within the bank assurance industry in Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and Latin America. Based in Switzerland, she is in a privileged position to unite Europe with the Americas. Maria speaks fluent Spanish, English, Portuguese, intermediate German, as well as basic Italian. She works with the VGV and their mission led by Maria is to hold the interests of family relationship as the core of all services. Equally as important to family wealth protection is improving the family dynamics in relation to their wealth, accompanying family members to become active owners, setting the ideal Ideal. governance and planning in place for their succession needs. She, with VGV, has a passion for helping families better solve their family legacy issues. VGV is here to support their clients during the journey of how to create a family legacy that can endure over generations while meeting financial goals. Welcome, Maria. Welcome. Thank you very much, Angelina, for the invitation. Thank you very much for your time. So how did you arrive to this niche of family businesses and advising families? Mm -hmm. Well, it was a long, long journey, but well, I started, I can share a little bit the story with you. Um, I started my career, as you mentioned, in the insurance industry. And by the time I was planning a succession through life insurances, I found out that basically when the clients were coming, basically the same issues, family um, differences and discussions behind wealth, behind legacy. And before setting up those inheritance and succession planning, uh, I got the, the, the feeling and the impression that we need to first uh, organize a little bit the problems that they were facing as a family. That at the end of the day, they were impacting the wealth of the family and the business itself. So there, let's say I got the first exposure to what we call today the family governance. 
And as a personal path, when I started looking for my passion, what I would like to do, I have found out uh, through a long personal uh, journey that combining the legal side, uh, my financial experience and my entrepreneurial spirit, I can help easily the family businesses. And well, there I found since la since well even though i've been working long time with the wealth management since seven eight years ago i'm just focusing on the iberian and the latin american markets to help the families to prosper across generations so here is the way i end up in in in, fam in advising family businesses wonderful and you definitely have a heart for latin american families so what is it like to walk a mile in their footsteps today? I understand many times they might not have a constitution in place or the next generation members might not be as vocal in sharing their thoughts. What do you, what do you, what do you have to share about that? Well, definitely those are, um, there are two main uh, difficulties that and obstacles, let's say, I have noticed in Latin American families. Um, well, first, the constitution, most of the people is quite difficult to, to think long term uh, and set up and sit down and talk about the topic. It's quite difficult to be open, to have clear conversations uh, about succession. It's something that's very difficult, I think, cultural-wise. It's quite difficult to sit down with a family, Latin American family, and say, okay, let's talk about legacy succession planning. And secondly, an, an obstacle that I have seen in, and is coming up through different research as well, is that the next generation, usually the second and the third, they are not really involved, they're not really interested in taking the business. So there's a lot of discussions um, among that point because usually parents, we are the ones complaining. My children doesn't want to get on board. Behind these businesses is a lot of work, it's a history. And I always um, discuss this topic with my clients and, and tell them that this is work done by two sides. So it's not just only that the next generation doesn't want to be involved. There's, there's a lot of work that we as parents, we need to do to make them be interested in our, in our business, in our legacy, uh, in our uh, small um, project, family project, because this is not only just for wealthy families, but for any family that could, uh, could have the interest of taking this small business, medium or big to the next generation. So sure. those are the main obstacles I can say I see in the Latin American and it's hard for the next generation to read the mind of the founders or the senior generation without having those quality, valuable conversations. I think that there were two stories you mentioned that came to mind when you thought about the subject of Latin American families. Would you like to share those two cases regarding the remedies the, and the, the challenges that you faced? Usually what I mentioned yeah, well, usually what I advise them and I mention is, well, the typical question is, when do I start thinking on a constitution? Usually, and basically with two recent clients, we have worked on that. There's a small family, small business, both. Um, and the main topic was, okay, sooner or later, the family is going to get bigger and we are quite concerned with what we have built 
in these last 20 years as a couple, entrepreneurial couple, as a family, as a family business. And what I always advise to the clients is, okay, as soon as you can start is better. Um, as soon as you can set up some dynamics to have open conversations to the kids, children, or young adults start knowing what is going on, not only the family businesses, but also as a family, as, a, as an entrepreneur. Uh, the sooner the better and each family should take and choose their own um, tools and processes ideally to put in place so this is changing from family to family from businesses to businesses and, the, and in this particular case that I recently helped um, the main concern was that the children were about in their young age that they were about to get married and <laughs> parents were concerned when their family in-law coming in. So the main questions were uh, around that, how we can make sure we are gonna keep the harmony in the family, even though we need to manage wealth and properties, uh, well, new people coming in, they are, maybe they don't have the same value. So ideally is here as, um, as a tool, as soon as the in-laws are coming in as well, to start sharing how the family works, how the family habits, uh, tradition, how they deal with certain things, how they communicate, how they deal with the family dynamics in relation to the family and in relation to the business. The sure. extent sure. they will get as a fam new family member. So it depends on the, on the family, but basically the concern comes on, on those topics nowadays. And I can imagine when that new family member comes in, how much that could potentially change the culture if, if they don't understand all the nuances. And at the same time, it, it can be new territory for that new family member coming in because they're, they're walking into a, a kind of an established culture that may have been um, created generations ago. And in some ways, it, it's not necessarily set in stone, but they, the other family members may not like the change uh, because there's a certain what I might call a status quo in place. It's a difficult topic. And, you, and that's why I'm always insisting that families need to be prepared. Uh, the world is changing, but the family is always changing. Today we are a couple, tomorrow we have kids, then we have grandchildren, there are in-laws coming in. So the focus we are always giving to the families and the advice, and sometimes they think, okay, the process is too long, too cumbersome. They are afraid, people, founders are afraid of having um, conflicts in the family coming in. And usually we advise, okay, we have a lot of work to do in the family dynamic. When the family dynamics is clear and we are really settled in that, then we can set up the constitution and we can make sure that con that constitution will work. Because if you have a constitution in paper and then no one is gonna take seriously what is written in there, the conflict will come up anyway. So it's really important that the family businesses and any family, even though they have few, medium or a lot, they have the roots in place for everyone and everyone to feel comfortable with that place that they have sure. chosen. Sure, um, I think the clarity is powerful. Uh, just in case a viewer or a listener might not know what a constitution is for a family, would you just describe it basically? 
Well, in simple words, the constitution is like the, the, the rules of the game that the family will play in relation to family and family businesses okay. or family wealth, because sometimes you have a lot of wealth as a family, but you didn't have the, the family business itself in place yet. But there's a lot of issues coming up. So basically are those rules that we are going to play all together. Wonderful. And I am aware in terms of the statistics, maybe 10 to 20% of family businesses actually sit down and, and do this really important work compared to just not doing it and hoping everything will be for the best or possibly losing that family business if it's moving to the second or third or even fourth generation. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do believe that the preparation, the planning are keys here. And if you don't take that time to prepare and protect what you have built, sooner or later you will lose it. And I think that personally is one of my, my, my missions and my passion to, to help the families understand that this process is for a future peace of mind. I don't think any founder would like to see their siblings fighting for wealth or for our business. Um, I don't think as a parent it's nice to see those conflicts in the family. And I do believe that with all these changes that the world is bringing us, it's also a great opportunity for next generation a lot of tools that we are not having in our generation. So the combination of the uh, all different generations and giving the space to bring in new tools and things, I think is a fantastic time to make all the businesses grow and not destroy them. Beautiful, wonderful. And what would you say makes the family business so complex compared to another type of business? Well, I think it's, um, well, human relationships are complex. And I think it's making it more complex, the fact that family members are working uh, together. You find two ecosystems, the family businesses and the family itself constantly interacting. And if you don't have clear roles or clear um, rules, it's making really difficult put all the goals and as a business, as a priority. And you will never reach any goal or to prosper across the generations if you don't have these clear ecosystem rules in place and how we will interact together. That is right. the main conflict that the family business are facing, that you are working completely um, and constantly with the two sides, the family and the business. Sure. And I can imagine that that... Um... When, when there is a document in place that offers a framework, there's going to be less what I might call like uh, blurred lines or like murky waters regarding what is allowed, what is not allowed. You know, if people step on each other's toes regarding, again, what, what that status quo might be in that family of who gets to, to decide or who gets a voice. And, and then it's like if, if people have their feathers ruffled, it can trigger intense emotions regarding what's allowed, what's not allowed. Exactly. Clarity brings a lot of uh, good opportunities, I say always, because um, not only that leader that will be in charge needs to know the rules, but the other family members as well. So they know that there's going to be one leader or two, maybe in some cases, that they will take the decisions and make the decisions 
from certain topics. Maybe there's a leader in the family governance, another leader in the business governance and the corporate governance. But we as a family members also, we need to know the limits and the framework, not only the leaders, what they are allowed, and always need to find a consensus from everything. So that is something you will build up. It's not going to appear from one day to another, and it's not going to appear in a constitution. You need like, to build it up. Yes, I was going to share that. I like that you're saying that, that the family and their advisors have to build it up because it's not an overnight process. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I always says to the clients that they need to be patient. Uh, this is an investment of time and peace of mind. And uh, it's not going to come. I can easily draw up a constitution, a copy-paste Word document, but it doesn't make sense. Right. It needs so to, a process. Right. And it has to be unique to that family, to their culture, to their values, to all of those nuances. Absolutely. How often would you say uh, that you find yourself needing to restructure a constitution or a family plan? Well, that depends on the country situation and family priorities. Okay. Uh, there are some countries now, that of course, the first topic is to protect the wealth. But yeah, it's, it's, it's making... Uh, you ask, ask me that because um, lately in Latin America, there is a big topic around family governance. It's not, it was not that common to talk about family governance, about family constitutions. So for me, um, it's quite often, usually when the families are getting bigger, as we mentioned before, but lately, the last, um, yeah, let's say the last half a year is a, is a topic that people are uh, listening quite often. So it's making, there. I, I can tell you that it's not really often that they are prepared to sit down and work on the dynamic, that they would like to start making the first steps to start working on the constitution. So it's really often lately, lately to, to, to get questions from families, say, okay, how can I start? How I can put in place this? How can I put in place that? And before you, you usually, you are not hearing and listening the problem, the family governance itself behind the corporate governance. I wonder how much COVID in the pandemic then probably could have been a motivating factor with families to um, make finally sit down in compared to avoiding the governance plans and so forth. Well, during the pandemic, it was really often during the. I mean, during the big. We'll see, we are still in the through walking through the pandemic, but I mean, in the in the big lockdown, there was a time that the people took time to sit down and talk about topics that usually they don't talk about, and spend some time in working in the family dynamics. Um, and of course, things happened uh, unexpectedly. So they were concerned, okay, this is going on outside in the world. We need to be prepared if something happens uh, at all levels, as a family and as a business. Yes. So I think that the values and people start talking about this family governance and family constitutions because of the pandemic as well, because they have seen that they need to be prepared. Wonderful. And I would think that um, 
also with the pandemic and recent events, uh, like you said, it is becoming more common in Latin America, whereas a decade or two ago, this was not a priority. Maybe a family would verbally talk about it, but they would rarely put it actually down in writing to have as a, a, a document of consensus or an agreed upon model for all the family members to buy into. What else uh, would help uh, would you say Latin American families these days, given that statistically maybe 10 or 20% are committing to governance models and governance documents? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there um, are changes needed in the way we approach uh, this topic. conscious generations. It's not just to sit down, as you said, and draw up the constitution, just to uh, know that you can prepare the next generations and allow them to come in and put hands on in the business as early as possible and learn, make mistakes, you can help them to go through. And those tools and processes, hands on, that experience, I, I think is really valuable as the same level as the constitution. You don't just need to sit down and, uh, and draw up, write, and let your next generation, um, let them know what they need to do if you pass away or if you decide to retire earlier or you would like to start traveling or enjoying life or whatever you would like to do. I think it's really important that they make those mistakes and put hands on by the time we can help them. Wonderful. Brilliant. So, I think that's really a good we as a founders as a family as parents you need to allow them to come in in a nice way and in a harmonious way as well yes yes okay so that brings me to my next question when there are so many points of view in a room and oftentimes type a personalities can be strong personalities how do you ensure all voices are heard and understood so that there is buy-in from everybody moving forward well, we work a lot, as I mentioned several times, as is our main topic, we work a lot in the family dynamics. That is a day-to-day -day problem. A lot of voices, different personalities, different interests. So I always focus on three points in this work of family dynamics. First, to find out as an individual, as a person, to work on the personal development. What you would like from your from your individual to work on um, in how to put those uh, expectations that you have in accordance to the family business goals okay. and then to share with the other members so they can understand where you're coming from uh, what you would like to to what is your path that you would like to go in this life of being an active or passive um, member could be the case that you are really involved as a passive member because you are owner, but you are not involved in the day-to-day -day operations. So I think there's a lot of work. First, we start with the individual work and development, then to see how you can put it in place and balance with the family, and then to balance the ecosystem from family goals and family business goals. Wonderful. Yeah, I can imagine that there can often be conflicting personalities and perspectives when it comes to even just the power dynamics of who gets to do what or titles or even when the, the subject of money comes up. Personalities, human beings, we are complex. 
But it's lovely. I love when I see that the first consultation with the family is really a big mess. Everyone talking together, want to raise the point of view, um, sharing um, really family conflicts that usually do, you don't share with a consultant. But you get so deeply in connection with the family that you are start building the trust because they are sharing, sharing really old things and previous experiences. So there is where you start working and you can see the conflict. And then little by little, you can see that each member, when they are finding their own and the right place, the problem start disappearing. Yes, uh, that's great. And it's also very healthy because um, if they find themselves in a world where there's few people they can talk to, I'm sure they bottle all of that up inside until somebody can come forward who can understand and navigate them to solutions. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Okay. So oftentimes we hear about the next generation being entitled, but we also uh, may not be aware of the stories of the hardship and the long hours of worry uh, regarding one who's carrying the family business on their shoulders. So Given the changing economic models these days, how might you suggest, like when it comes to the founders or the CEO, how to best prepare them? And you may have described this again, but uh, the connection got a little bit, um, the Wi-Fi connection got a little blurred. So you might have to repeat this answer for the, the listeners, but um, could you talk to me about the importance of the founders to talk openly about setting up the constitution and getting the commitment of all family members? Yes, definitely. That is a big, big topic. Founders are always concerned what's going to happen when they're not here anymore or when the family is getting bigger. Um, and that is a, a big concern, but I always advise them to start talking um, within the family. Okay, I'm concerned about this. How do you think other family members? Try to listen all the other family members' voice in an informal conversation. They don't need to be in a board talking about these topics. But it's important that next generations and all family members, inclusive the in-laws, to feel like they are part of the family and the business. And I think it's important to, to always bring and work on the open conversations. Uh, not only to bring the conversation, but if they need help from an external consultant specializing in communication or, or to set up some programs where you can see all the family members relaxing and relax to talk about topics that usually they don't. You need to generate these workshops at uh, these space trips or well, trips now is quite difficult with the pandemic, but um, different workshops where you can see the people in different positions. So you as a founder, you can see who is worried about what. And there you can start creating the conscience that we need to work on it. Absolutely. When the environment changes, even such as at a retreat, I think more of those uh, truth topics and stories and feelings and beliefs can come to the surface um, when they're away from just like the environment that they are familiar in. And then, and then that creative process can come forward to find new solutions. Okay, mm -hmm. wonderful. Okay. Um, so let's uh, change it up a little bit and talk about the financial education of the children or the next generation uh, within these family businesses. So it seems like many times these um, 
next generation or rising generation members have access to more conversations about money. Would you agree with that or what are your thoughts? Yes, I do agree. They need to be really involved. Uh, well, the next generation is really smart. With all these tools that they have, uh, they can invest in a very early stage, I think, in very early ages. They can start uh, investing much better than we we can do. But I mean, um, I think the next generation is really smart. It's just the fact that we as parents, we need to give the right place and the right guidelines. And I personally believe the financial education traditionally and the education itself is a little bit outdated. Uh, what you can learn, maybe sometimes it's not what is really going to happen in life or maybe when you are running a business. So it's important that parents go and walk along with institutions, with the schools, with the universities, and you can learn a lot of things uh, in universities, of course, but it's also important the education, the financial education you can give to your children and kids uh, at home. Uh, so from there, I always advise that also to, to involve them and talk openly about money in a conscious way to make children spend, save and protect the money consciously. Make their own decisions from their uh, early uh, ages. And then that will reflect in the same way we will, we will be reflected in the, in the adulthood. Very good, very good. I think they, there's a lot of work to do as parents. And I think that through the big lockdown, uh, a lot of parents have noticed that being at home, guiding the children is a plus for children. Sure, to have those uh, more one-on-one -on -one conversations, whether it's in the living room or at the kitchen table, because their children, especially if they will inherit the family business, they, they are going to have to understand so many different uh, aspects of the, the mechanics of that business. And so I can imagine when it becomes, I don't want to say normal conversation, but maybe more frequent conversation to talk about money and wealth. And so it's not just something that is secretive or hush-hush, or we can't talk about that. And then all of a sudden, one day they're, they're given this weight of a business and they're expected to understand the many nuances of it. And, and talk about the topic uh, naturally, um, because the only way to understand it's something on a day-to-day -day business. We are every day handling and managing uh, money and time. <laughs> so they need to know and learn. First, they can talk about the topics openly. They can learn from, from, from us and from the real world. Very good, very good. Thank you for, for shedding some insights on that. Very nice. Okay, so uh, as we begin to wrap up our conversation, how best, and this is where I get to bring up the exciting subject of legacy, that I love the fact that it's getting talked about more and more these days in society, but how best do you guide these families with their legacies, especially when there is a long history with the family business? Well, difficult, <laughs> difficult topic with families, but really challenging. And, and I think it's a fantastic journey when they start sharing their own history. Um, what In the way we help families and especially the Latin American families is to start sharing this history that 
that they have behind, how much effort they have put into the family business so the next generation can start understanding um, where that wealth and parents and attitudes and values are coming from. Yes. And to take from those, sorry. Can you say yes. that one more time? You were wonderful. It's just the, the signal for some reason with the technology today. If you could just repeat it one more time. Sorry, let's start again. Um, what I was saying is that um, usually when we are working with the Latin American uh, families, there's a lot of history behind uh, that startup maybe 40, 80 years ago. So what we um, uh, help the family, in the way we help them is to advise them to start sharing with the next generation that history that is behind of that family business and the family itself to share the history, the effort, the values that they have brought into that family and family business. The generation can start understanding where they, that wealth is coming from, why it's so important for the founders to continue that legacy and to prosper across generations. And from there, when they understand that, from there, they can start choosing which role they would like to take. Um, because they can know the history and they can see a future. Otherwise, it's impossible for the next generation to, to, to fit, to feel like a fit in there. Yeah, I would imagine the history is really important and probably the founders of the senior generation have been so busy working that the thought of even being able to transfer that knowledge, whether it's a sit-down meeting once or over a series of a year or two, or three or more in family meetings, I, it, that, that would definitely be a new step, especially if it's a new concept in Latin America. Yeah, definitely in Latin America, you know, um, uh, it's not only okay, I coming from a wealthy family, I have this uh, advantage, this, this and that. You need to understand how that wealth was um, uh, built. I think that is the, the starting point. To, to see and understand the effort. And really it's a pity nowadays with what is going on in the economies to just leaving these businesses uh, just uh, uh, break, maybe break or being dissolved. I have seen a lot of family businesses being dissolved just because the lack of planning. Yeah, it's a shame because they put so much heart and soul into the business and and there's almost a part of their identity that can go with the business being dissolved. Yeah, and now we can see it's not just the legacy for the family businesses and the wealthy family, but the legacy as a startup. So we are quite active here in Switzerland with, the, with the, the role of women in the, in the family businesses, but it's not just the family business. Any small uh, business or startup, you would like to be um, successful and to leave something to your kids. I think that it's, um, it's a nice way of using a legacy, <laughs> of building up a legacy. And now we, the, 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 and it's always a history behind, behind a startup, behind, behind a, a family, a big company. And the history is, uh, I think, the main pillar to start this journey. Yes. So I can imagine that a part of your legacy gets to include this work that you do. What, <laughs> what values might you say get honored when you get to do this work in helping family businesses? Well, I totally believe uh, in this concept of legacy. And I believe that the family 
businesses are a great tool to teach the, the, the family and the next generation to protect that wealth and to pass it on. And I think as parents, it's a fantastic way of building up the family dynamics. So I dream with a, with a world where the parents can enjoy this process of succession and not being seen as a process of conflict, but uh, to be seen as a process of evolution, not, not only as parents, as human beings, but as a business. And if you allowed yourself to, to develop as a person, as a business, you are contributing uh, to this economic that I think that nowadays freedom is important and, the, and to co contribute to the economy as well. So I think that yeah, I, I'm passionate about the, the topic and the best legacy we can leave to our, our children, I think is um, the business. So we can have the vehicle and the tool to learn and to prosper. So I'm almost hearing values around contribution and excellence, preparation. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the main, well, consciousness is the main topic. And that is something is really difficult in Latin American culture. Um, it's very difficult. It's a lot of work behind because it's a new mindset. Okay. Uh, you need to show them the, the, the benefit is long-term. Maybe some families see this as a long-term process. Some others, they can see they are buying now peace of mind and they start developing. I prefer to focus on that, that you start the work now to gain peace of mind afterwards. But in the process, in the meantime, you start seeing and the milestones the milestones where you can start seeing your family with harmony. You can talk about wealth or about succession without any conflict in a Sunday dinner. <laughs> that, that is quite common. You start raising a, a topic and suddenly it's a family uh, discussion in between. <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's, um, it's a change of mindset and the conscience word should be always present in any decision you, you make as a business owner or as a family member. I agree. And I um, think that that word consciousness is a very good word to use because like you said, the documents can be drawn up, whether that's the governance plans or the constitution. But if the people aren't behaving in alignment with what's written down, you're right, there can be arguments at the Sunday night dinner and, and just, um, you know, you want that uh, family culture to be positive and you want that family culture to be very functional where people can have the exchange of ideas. And as you had mentioned before, everyone can have a voice at the table Exactly. And another topic is quite common as well is um, a lot of daughters wanted to get on board into the board of the company. And that is another really um, tough journey, but okay. really, really challenged and, and very, very nice as a consultant to walk through with the family. And you can see that whatever conflict was raised in the very first um, meetings, with the time, 
they are getting better. And usually the families are asking you why the process is taking so long. And I explain this to them. It's not just a matter of sitting down and um, set up the framework and, and write it down. It's that everyone is to be happy with the role they have chosen. Everyone is to be committed and everyone is to be enjoying the process and seeing their self as individuals developing. And of course, this is going the, uh, hand by hand with the, um, the, the growth of the, of the business, of course, the financial growth. Very nice, very nice. Thank you for shedding light on this topic, as I mentioned before, because I think that there are many families that uh, would like to receive the guidance and they would like to know who is an expert out there, who can they uh, find, you know, and work with and collaborate. So what is the best way that somebody uh, could locate you, whether it's through your website or VGV? Well, all the contact details are um, in, the, in the social media easily the or telephone number is the easiest way but we're always available in the in the email addresses wonderful and all the always available in the email addresses basically okay wonderful and i'll make sure to include some of that in the show notes and are there any final thoughts that you would like to share about creating legacies creating family legacies or anything we might have not covered uh, we, I, I think we have uh, covered most of the main and difficult topics, but uh, just uh, maybe to share one of my thoughts is like to make it clear that the fact of creating a legacy is a, a family project in any, should, shouldn't be, you shouldn't have like, it's not just for wealthy people or just to have for those families that are really, um, having big, big family businesses. Of course, have another needs, but this uh, mission that we are facing with BGV in the in the legacy department is to encourage all the families, wealthy families, with with uh, not so ultra wealthy, but all families to sit down and, and talk about the legacy as a, as a journey, as an evolution and as a family project. Uh, you can grow a lot when you sit down and consciously say, okay, we are here where we would like to go, what we would like to achieve as a family and what we're gonna do with this money. Wealth uh, to make it, um, bigger or to enjoy more or what we're going to do to enjoy more time as a family and as, as entrepreneurs because we are all entrepreneurs in, in families. <laughs> well said. Well, thank you very much, Maria, for your time today. I appreciate that um, you're, you're bringing the value and the priority of this topic to these family businesses. Like you said, whether they're affluent or they're an emerging family and just uh, giving the importance to this topic so that it's not just about the hard assets or it's not just about uh, the present moment, but rather preparing for the future and understanding all of the different moving parts, you know, whether it's the changing landscape today with technology or the rising generation better understanding the stories of how the wealth was created and, and you know, how they made their money so, it, so that there is a connection that is made and, uh, you know, to the past as well as in uh, building for the future. So thank you very much for your time today. 
Thank you, Angelina, for your time, for the invitation, and, to, and for sharing this lovely topic. Okay, thank you so much.